Welcome to Popcorn History with the Freeborn County Historical Museum, Library, and Village. I'm Stephanie Kibler, Executive Director, here with Risha Lilienthal, Curator, and with Reggie Bauer. The button pusher. The button pusher. Ooh, you might be pushing <laughs> buttons a lot today, too, because I'm feeling a little chaotic. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, um... We're starting this one a little different. Or this one is kind of different altogether. Mm-hmm. Usually we popcorn ideas off of each other and come up with ridiculous little one-word things that, you know, you scratch your head like two days later wondering why you said that word. <laughs> Today, um, we are going to be talking about the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason we picked this is we do have um, on exhibit, free to the public, the Testify exhibit. Um, so Testify Americana Slavery Today. And it's a photo gallery exhibit um, based on a collection of items from former Minnesota Supreme Court Justice and NFL Hall of Famer Justice Alan Page and his family. So they have a private collection of items um, that show the effort. It's like African-American art and artifacts that show how prevalent racism was throughout the U.S. over time Um, and how it's still impacting us today as part of that exhibit. And it's a powerful exhibit. Um, Mm -hmm. It is one that is worth seeing. Um, no matter where you stand on the topic, it is one that you should come through and see. Yeah. Um, we're doing this through Selco, um, who got a grant through the um, Clean Water Land and Legacy Amendment, um, and in partnering also with the Albert Lee Public Library um, so that we are the host site. Sure. Um, and I think often, and I've said this a lot as people come through, we think of racism as a big city issue. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us in rural Minnesota feel like, eh, that doesn't really apply to us. Um, but that's not the case. Um, we all have our personal biases. We all have to work through those. And education and understanding is how you can develop and grow Um, systemic racism is prevalent in the United States, which has been evident, especially in the last, what, four to six years. Yeah. Uh, So we picked KKK in Freeborn County to be the topic of this podcast today. Yeah. Do tell me more, because I remember a while ago when you first (sighs) mentioned that there was a history, I was like, really? (laughs) Yeah. I want to hear about it. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of kind of random things put together, especially in the 1920s is when it was really like big and at least documented sure. around here most, it, I well, feel like. And it was kind of a, um, I don't think they stayed long. I don't, th- as an organized group, I don't think the KKK stayed long in Freeborn County. I think it was kind of a brief period of time um not to say that we don't still have racism happening in freeborn county Mm -hmm. we don't seem to have an organized group um of white supremacists in the county currently yeah 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. They became more in the shadows, I guess. So um, this is the thing that, that catches me off guard every time I see it. Albert Lee witnessed the Klan's first public demonstration ever held in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and a number of men joined that secret society that night, according to the Albert Lee Tribune. Mm-hmm. Um, three giant fiery crosses lit up a drizzling sky at the county fairgrounds in Albert Lee on Friday, August, and it doesn't give me the date. Mm, no. <laughs> Oh, there it is. August 31st, 1923. Okay. Also illuminated were KKK members in drenched white robes in the field and thousands of people filling the grandstand. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. And I and I know this. I knew this three years ago when Nancy Valancourt came. Um, but every time I see it, I think, oh, my God. That is, I mean, that's like right out here, right out our. We can, I can see it from where yeah. where I'm at. Like if we were to travel back in time, pretty much exactly a hundred years, it was here. That would be what we'd see right out the window here. Right. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got oh. goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> well, and further into town too. In 1925, there was a woman who remembered being 12 years old on Washington Street, and here in Albert Lee states that around the corner from Clark Street, quote, I heard, this was in the evening, this clomp clomp as if there was a parade. There was many, many Ku Klux Klan people marching two by two down the street. I assume they came from Broadway, unquote. Hmm. So a parade going through, yeah. Wild. So is that that same evening? Mm-mm, no, it was different. two years later. Two years later you said that, didn't you? I told you chaos. No, right? <laughs> Um, it's just, yeah, it's just such an interesting thing. And, and so with this exhibit, we added some components Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we have, um, in our collection, uh, a robe and headdress, a robe and hood, I guess headdress (laughs) makes it sound, a (laughs) robe and hood, um, that was given to us by a anonymous donor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, found in an attic here Mm -hmm. in Albert Lee. Hmm. Um, and so that is on display as well. Yep. And um, really, when you walk into the exhibit, um, I don't. How do you describe that? It just gives you a feeling of it makes it sadness. More, yeah, it makes it more real. I think. Too, I guess to go. Oh, it it, it is here. Right. Um, I think it was a good idea to have the hood down lower instead of actually fully on like the the dress form so that it wasn't just uh, like a person kind of standing there it's like this is like the clothing is what we have here we don't want to have a person there yeah well (laughs) because we did put it on display um briefly for a few hours during nancy valancourt's uh presentation on the ku klux klan in minnesota and freeborn county right and it, it was very disarming yeah yeah um, I'm trying to think here. What else I have? I get all. I get all. Yeah. Bah, with right. This. Well, I I was surprised by the volume of crosses that were burned around. Um, so like 1923, that first year that we talk about them doing the parade here and um, being within this area, uh, there were in April of that year 14 
widely separated places in the city of Albert Lee, simultaneously, 14 large crosses burst into flame around 9.30. Simultaneously. Simultaneously. So very much planned. Yeah. Yeah. Very organized event. The the exact reason for the demonstration is not known, unless it was a warning to evildoers and lawbreakers, is what they said. (laughs) Um, It was a that the Ku Klux Klan was organized here and ready for business was kind of the thought that was going in the newspapers at the time. Business is a word for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I am going to correct what I said earlier because I said we don't have any active white supremacist groups, which I think is probably true. But Steele County experienced in June and July... Uh, white supremacy posters being placed in people's yards. Hmm. Um, so clearly there is some activity in in our area. Yeah. Even though it's not necessarily happening here in Freeborn. It's, it's very close by. Um, so we've had this robe and hood since 1988. Um Research by Elizabeth Lincoln of the State Legislative Reference Library stated in Session Weekly, March 10, 1995 issue that the Klan had their own plant to manufacture the robes and the price was $5 a piece in the 1920s. Membership dues were $20, according to her research. That's a steep membership, too, in the 1920s. Um like hundreds today right uh there were no records of physical violence reported in (laughs) southern minnesota by the clan um other than i shouldn't say other than but the the emotional trauma caused by cross burning yeah Yeah. um and not just for the person whose yard that's in but for for the the neighbors the community as a whole Mm -hmm. um that's a significant, and I, in all honesty, I see that as an act of violence. Yeah, and there's the intimidation aspect that yep. they did a lot too. Right, um, like even in uh, June of 1924 in Myrtle, the the dance hall in Myrtle, they were having a dance, and uh, there was a lit cross uh, that, and the 30 cars of Klansmen is what's reported. They lit a cross and filed into the dance hall to deliver a warning that liquor peddling and drinking must stop and that the laws must be obeyed. And then um, after they told them to obey the law, uh, wished they could dance with them, they filed out in an orderly manner. They were unmasked, but unrecognized, apparently. Hmm. Uh, And a woman, A. Mortensen, was about 19 years old. And she said that during the dance, two Albert Lee businessmen came up the stairs with their followers, all wearing sheets and hoods. One man uncovered his face, and he was a car dealer. He said a prayer and then told them to go back to their dancing, and she said it frightened the life out of her. So apparently they had hoods but uncovered them, but were unreported. I I just am stuck on, they said they wished they could dance with Mm -hmm. them. Like I'm coming here to intimidate you, but mm-hmm. gee, wish I could stay right. and party. That's mm-hmm. such that's odd weird. behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. <laughs> there's so much information to absorb on this. Um, 
officially the Klan disbanded um, nationally in 1944 because of back taxes to the federal government. <laughs> that was their <laughs> official <always> reason. <laughs> oh my god! They owed five hundred thousand dollars in back oh. taxes. Um, in the South, however, there was a resurge uh, in response to civil rights movements in the mid sixties. Right. Um, and I, having lived in Nashville, I there were people that talked rather openly about policies and and the ideology of the KKK and uh, didn't denounce it. I guess is what I'll sure. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think when you have um, the atmosphere we're in now, it seems like it was easy for it to stir back up again, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what year did you say that they had to officially... 47? 1944. 44. When, like, the like national group of it? Nationally, the Klan was dissolved in 1944 okay. when it could not pay 500000 in back taxes. Okay. That doesn't mean they just stopped no, meeting. Right. It just exactly. meant they disbanded as a national group collecting dues. Yeah. Because uh, the Klan declined in Minnesota in the late 1920s because of public pressure. But um, the free press from Mankato uh, did a story in, ni- in 2010 that said, in a gesture more symbolic than necessary, Minnesota Secretary of State Joan Grow dissolved the Steel County chapter of the Ku Klux Klan in 1997. Oh boy! So I'm gonna guess the smaller chapters didn't officially mm-hmm. dissolve. It was right. just the national one, and when the national dissolved, the smaller ones then kind of did their thing. Lost yeah. probably some revenue, and yeah, just kind of maybe met in somebody's home over, right. you know, right? A cup of tea. <laughs> 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 Oof. Well, just yeah. Cup of coffee is that better than a no, cup of tea? No, no. <laughs> I just um, one of the things that I think is interesting when Nancy has done hers uh, her presentation, um, she states it's a way of life and supremacy. That's what the Klan was looking to preserve: their way of life and uh, supremacy. Which is an it, it, initially it wasn't. Um, a color issue either the clan um had issues with people from jewish descent mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. bohemian descent so it wasn't didn't they have beef with like catholics too i don't know of, did mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. i think i remember yeah. reading that somewhere yes they did whether that was early on or something they picked up i don't know but i remember seeing that somewhere hmm. so um dodge county had um at the old Concord Christian Church, they marched up the church aisle to the strains of onward Christian soldiers dressed in their trademark white robes and conical-shaped hats. At their head was a man carrying an American flag. The robed men lined up in front of the church, and once the singing had ended, the leader of the procession turned to the church's pastor and thanked him for his efforts in promoting a real Americanism. Hmm. That is um, just a resounding reason you have separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, that I'm I'm kind of going a little political here, and I don't mean to. I I, I believe this this exhibit we have is um, educational, eye opening, and and will. I I think it speaks to the current systemic racism that we see, mm-hmm. and 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 gets us to think about how we move forward. Um, it's it what it's not about, in my opinion, is. Um, atoning for past sins of our ancestors. Right. I, I, I think I think we've had a couple people mention that, and I don't think that's what this exhibit is about. I think it is to educate on, on what has happened in the history of it and where we are today yeah. and how we can move forward. Actually make people aware that this actually happened and it was actually in our backyard. Right. 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 And, that, and that we can take steps to to heal community members and embrace our people of color. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of um, what we've talked about is that 1920s era with the Ku Klux Klan. And there was the post-Civil War time was Mm -hmm. a big, when it like really started and got ramped up. And then the 1920s was the post um, world wars Mm -hmm. or world war one. Um, and so that was something as a reaction to that. And then, of course, the um, civil rights era. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we look back at like the 1920s one, uh, obviously there was racism within there, but it wasn't just that that wasn't the only thing they did. And I don't know, I think that's an important thing to I, say too. I do too. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. you mentioned that, you know, one of the places they showed up, they were raising a stink about you know this is basically prohibition territory you need to follow those laws right (laughs) yeah yeah um i did on a side note we went to a um saint paul saints game yesterday which i had never gone to the new chs stadium oh sure and got all excited when i got in there because they have the um oh god what was it called city ball museum Anyway, they have a historical museum at the stadium huh. on baseball in St. Paul. Yeah. And they cover a little bit of the Minneapolis, the Twins also. Yeah. But one of the things I was really impressed with is they covered the Rondo neighborhood, um, which is a prominent, was a prominent neighborhood of black businesses in St. Paul. And that neighborhood... Um, kind of fell apart when i-94 was built and they built it right through the center of the neighborhood but that neighborhood was where black baseball was Hmm. and and they had just a really great portion of that exhibit that talked about um the players and and the history and um some of the things they had to go through. Sure. One of them in particular, there was a female, and I and I, it cracked because at that time, at the time of, um, oh, I want to say this was back in the twenties and thirties, women were expected to play ball in skirts. Mm. Oh, that. And she was like, <laughs> "Nope, I'm wearing the traditional baseball uniform," and she played on a men's team. Nice. So if anybody ever gets a chance to go, it was um, it was an interesting balance, I guess, maybe to the exhibit we have here and and the um, 
which is kind of solemn and mm-hmm. right. uh, thought-provoking to uh, kudos mm-hmm. to these men and women that helped build baseball in Minnesota. I, I found that very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that's a total side note. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. Nothing podcast related, but really fun. 